and good afternoon and this is Marilyn Fontaine it's been a couple of weeks of um no podcast or has yeah about two weeks now and we are now moving into June and this week it is episode 14 and this episode is called childless so um Leading on to what's your story from the last podcast, which was on the 13th, we're actually going to talk about um, childless, being childless, not having children, being child-free. It just depends. Um, What sparked me off to actually post this was talking about one story, also seeing the amount of conversations that are coming up for different women around childlessness or being childless um what we tend to see in our our social media is a lot of people um posting you know about their beautiful children and being pregnant and um it's you know celebrating child breastfeeding you know um children homeschooling so this is you know it's the best time more than ever to be a mother because there's so many, although there's a lot of discrimination in terms of where people can breastfeed or single parents or people, you know, having children. Um, I still think in terms of celebrating motherhood, we we, we couldn't live in a better time um, because a woman is really celebrated via social media. Maybe in the workplace is a lot more different because um, I I know that some companies are still not employing um, or still using covert forms of discrimination not to consider applicants with very young children. Um, So that can be a really big problem for some. Um, some people um, yes yeah, so when I've looked at some statistics and I had them I had them up um, and it said more about 40% of women are not going to have children um, and yeah predictions um, about 40% I'm not sure um the percentage for black women, I would think that it's um it's gonna be um considerably high um over the age of forty. I think if, especially in um black culture, someone has a baby, um it's gonna be more than likely, you know, thirty-five to forty. Um I think because of the problem with fibroids that a lot of black women are having it's making it a lot more harder to actually um, conceive as well. So when we look at that, um, we look at what, what's, the, what's the consideration. So I've looked at several articles, and again, I'll put a link um, around them um, in, the, you know, in the comments or in the information regarding this podcast. But there's several factors that can happen. Um, firstly, it could be, um medical conditions which is the highest more than likely could be fibroids um endometriosis um 
is one of the main causes for a lot of women, especially black women, um, if they haven't had their children before. So obviously some people have had their children much earlier than um, when they've been diagnosed with fibroids. So it's it's actually um, not been a problem. But I do know a considerable amount of people that was unable to have been unable to do this. So um, medical conditions, cysts on the ovaries, um, that's what happened to me, but it was a combination of cysts on the ovaries and not being in a, a, a specific specific relationship that I thought could have supported me bringing a child into this world and the pregnancy, because I'm going to cover that in a moment, how important it is to have a really clear mindset when you are um, carrying a child. So the first thing is medical. Um, which I like to say, and again, more than more black women tend to suffer from fibroids, and more black women are more likely, between forty and sixty percent, more likely to have surgery, hysterectomies, um, which is really, really concerning and alarming, um, because it kind of it kind of shouts loudly that if you are going to become pregnant and you're heading towards your 40s, you're a black woman, you really need to have a proper gynecological checkup to see what's happening to your uterus and work with a lot of the complementary holistic techniques available. I had, I had a cyst on my ovaries. I did not need to have surgery to remove it. Um, I had a small fibroids that hasn't, it didn't develop. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm past childbearing age anyway, but by the time I found out, it was like I said, a combination of several things. But it was, um, how would you say? It was, I would say, too late and not too late because if it happens in divine time, if it happens for a reason. But if you are below forty and you're creeping towards forty, really make sure you get that done because what you don't want to have in your forties is to be having um which is really um it's a time of time of woman's life when that tends to be diagnosed um is to be getting treatment for fibroids or or really having heavy periods and being hormonally not in a place to conceive mentally because that's really important as well um so get your healing done now um and it does require mind body spiritual um um program you can't treat one without the other because the fibroids will come back which i'll get into um so the second one is finances now we know um most women and it does across the board black or white Financially, it's really hard for people to actually get a property, buy a property, um, settle down and to be able to afford a child. The times we're living in, it's really, really challenging. So that is really, really um, a major concern. So by the time people are getting into their 40s, um, they just, they just, it's, it's get to 40, 45. It's just too late in terms of your, their fertility which would drop considerably. It's not impossible. Um, but that just impact and the stress of trying to fall pregnant and navigate life, it can be really, really difficult. So finances. Um, and one thing is, one thing my sister-in-law said years ago is that you're never 
you can you're never you're never ready financially for a child so um you know you're never ready to have a child so there's never a right time to have a child if you really want a child and if you can have a child you're in a partnership it's never you know it's never going to be a good time for some people but i will say that she was she lived in a time and had her children in a time where you were able to get housing for your children and it was um an assured tenancy which um which was you had that tenancy forever for a lot of people these days they're in private rented accommodation um they're getting obviously their rent paid and things like that but um after a while the landlord wants the property back so it's really destabilizing so it's a, you know it's a different story food was more expensive is more expensive now you know there was a lot of perks that people would get and if you are in a partnership and if you are married then you're not going to get the support if you wasn't so the, the difference then you know you had a lot more it's really really um challenging i would say for people to have a child um you really have to be resourceful you really have to have a good network around you and you know you know you know i mean look there's loads of support these days but i think that's one of the main things that are stopping a lot of people in my in my research um the third one is that can't find a suitable partner so there's always a debate i know a few women that have got um just gone and got pregnant they've got children a couple of them a few of them are happy i but and there's about three people i know that have just done that and it's they've had a lot of challenges with their children i i didn't want to do that especially if i was going to have a boy child because i didn't want to compound the situation or add to the situation of a young black boy in this society now if it had happened that's not a problem but um three women i know that just did that and they raised their boys alone um and there's many mothers that have raised children on their own boys on their own they've done an amazing job you know and they didn't ask to be put in that situation but there's three women i do know that just wasn't ready to even you know they, they didn't really integrate into to society themselves and they've had three children um and they've all been boy children funny enough and they've not gone and done um their research in terms of who can help them and also they're not willing to travel and when i say this i mean um i do believe to a certain age a woman can't raise a man um not everybody has a support I remember having a really um, on point sister friend and she had two boys and she just didn't know where, what to do with them. And I remember I was at Adornment, a hair show at the time, and I remember picking up a leaflet um, for um, Origin. I hope I've said it right. Um, run by Pablo Reed. Um, and I remember saying to her, go to this place because they mentor young men they put young men through rites of passage you do not have to do this on your own and she was in south london but i knew people in east london that would travel to bring their child there um and she's you know she came back and she said marilyn thank you so much because this has really made life so meaningful to, to my two boys and she actually helps there now um 
but her boys have graduated from the rites of passage and it's really shaped them as young men. There's also 100 Black Men for mentoring. There's also um, Boyhood to Manhood. I'm not sure if they're the same thing, but there's there's several different organisations if you do have a, a child. But unfortunately, the other women I know that just went and had a child, they didn't have this type of support, even within their family. So they was like, they was ra- they're raising boys on their own and really struggling in terms of, I just wanted to have a child. And it's really impacted the relationship with the child. I just didn't think it was fair. Um, but there's a lot of women that, that do it and they're just, oh, they're just amazing. And I think that that's an option with people, but just... But I think a lot of people these days, again, financially, they just don't have that support um, and they just don't feel they have the confidence. And I do believe it's down to a lot of our communities breaking down and a lot of the resources being withdrawn that used to really help single mothers. I've always worked with um, a lot of single mothers and social enterprise, social um, adult education where we've worked with family learning. So there's always been places that mother and babies can go so if if any of you know any any places i can just post it again um and another one is that women some women just don't want children and it's really interesting because i couldn't see myself without children and being not having children childless over 45 (laughs) um i've made peace with that because i've so much nieces and nephews I have godchildren I have a lot of children I have adopted millennials I don't know where they've come from um so the universe has really blessed me that's not to say I didn't go through the period of grief um but thankfully I had my art I was able to work with so many people and I know my purpose here is much bigger um than just having biological children it's about being a mother to a lot of people young people and I have had a lot of young people in my life I've um, also supported and helped raise my nephew um, when he lived with us so I know about raising a child from the household and my goddaughter said one thing Lauren you know it takes a village and I've been raised by a village that's what she said to me and it's just such a wise wisdom for a young person of 18 17 at the time to come out with so it seems all brilliant now but and I know some of you just want to have a child but at the other side of it there are so much children that needs adopting and fostering um in their lives and don't rule that out if you really want to be a to be a mother and um, I believe every single woman um well most women is is their desires to create or procreate and that mostly is to do with another human being it could be mentoring or it could be a project um but it's it's a cycle we 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 born into a community as a society and we contribute to that society and we give back and that's through the act of nurturing and it could be biologically or not but we're still going to nurture still going to nurture something and someone if we're not able to do that then life can be really barren and that's for me the real meaning of being barren but there's some women that just don't have that instinct and they just do not want to have a children they want to focus on their career and have other stuff to do and when we look at the women in history Rosa Parks, Sojourner Truth, 
I think I might be wrong. I need to check my sources. Um, they were, didn't have children. Um, a lot of Oprah. Um, uh, really a lot of people that have not had children that have gone on to do amazing things. And we cannot condone people because they don't want children. We may not be able to understand that they may not, you know, understand through their map of the world, you know, why why does this person not want children? But I don't think we can really beat down somebody because they have no desire to have children. And I think that's, that's a thing where women, we really um, could be quite, quite damaging to each other because Children are a blessing in a community, but when the community is under siege, then we need as much people that are going to contribute to making that society better. Not everybody is meant to be a parent, and that's evident in the number of parents that are abusing their children and, and really disrespecting their children. Children don't ask to be born, you know, um, but... I still think the best thing we can do for children is help create an environment where they're totally 100% supported because it never goes away, the pain. We're always going to be working on something from our childhood and we don't need to contribute to that. And that's one thing I was really sure about, that if I wasn't in a sufficient relationship, it wasn't about the finances. I do not give a toss about finances. I'd always make it work. But if I wasn't in a supportive relationship or a supportive place, I was not going to bring a child into this world um, because I didn't want to be responsible for another human being spending the next 20, 30 years of their life trying to work out their issues that they had with me or their father or the lack of father. I didn't want to contribute. I knew that from a very young age. So for me, I really wanted it to be in a situation which was supportive and stable. And... Most people start off with that and then they end up divorcing. That's really unfortunate, but the intention is there. It's like if you're seeding a business or a, a project, if your intention is there, then no matter what you do, no matter what happens to that project, you started with that clean intention. And that's a, that's a fundamental of creation. So, um... So where do we go from here? Because there are a lot of people that really want children and they don't know if they're going to have. I'm seeing a lot of clients that are in the place of emotionally, they're not um, ready for children because they're working things through. I think that's a beautiful place to start. But there is this thing about um, fibroids and cysts and endometriosis, the hormonal imbalances. And it's really key to point out that these imbalances are related to the endocrine system and the endocrine system is to do with our hormones it's also part of our pituitary gland and thymus gland parathyroid and our um, pineal gland as well as ovaries and testes um, but they're all directly related to stress um, our lives are meant to be easier in the 21st century, but we're under considerable amount of stress. And this is why the wellness industry has grown. But 
a lot of times, especially when we're dealing with fibroids, we have to work on the place where um, our emotions and what have we inherited um, from our families, um, what is impacting on our body, because the stress response is in a dialogue where you're where mentally your body's under stress. Stress is, there's physical stress, yeah, when we, we work out, but there's the stress that impacts the hormones on such a strong level um, to knock out the endocrine system is a combination of that fight or flight, is that inner dialogue. So the language of the world we speak to ourselves, the words that are spoken to us, our place in society is all going to impact us. Um, because if we feel threatened as human beings and if we feel inadequate as human beings, if we feel on some level of failure or we don't compare to other people, then our internal mechanism is going to constantly be depressed. If we're not um, seen as human beings and we are, you know, racism, sexism, um, all the isms are increasingly getting worse. So all these things are going to impact on us, how we move forward in life. And those are the things that have to be addressed. How we're seen, how we're treated, um, how we are as a human being. Because if, you know, one thing the body does, just, you know, our body's an amazing computer. When it's under severe stress, all the energy that should be going to other areas to feed our hormones and, you know, our skin, our hair, is going to feed the stress response because we're constantly under stress. So the blood needs to go to the place where we're either going to fight off and um, fight or flight. So if we are fighting on a day on a day to day basis in the workplace or with our spouse or with family or with friends, if we're constantly fighting and it's more really to do with work, our place in the world, then we're not going to have healthy cells or healthy health environment which to feed our creative center which is our wombs so fibroids you know and a lot of the times this this happens from teenage years upwards so all we do is cover up that pain we make a cyst we make a tumor we make a fibroid and with the hormone system not working we can't heal so all the other stuff like the journaling and all all the other things are really important but it's a combination of things what we need we need a combination of um, holistic therapy we need a combination of emotional therapy um, we need a combination of diet it all work together has one whole cycle but we just need to understand that the way we are living our lives are going to impact us if you're in a job or you don't know where you're going in the workplace and you're, you're just on that treadmill and you really don't have, no, you, you're hoping to save money so you can buy a house and you can have children get married. You're going to have to kind of reconsider that. You're going to have to reconsider um, maybe moving out of London to have your dream because the amount of work and effort and emotional energy you need to sustain a mortgage in London, if you can afford it, two or three jobs is not worth it so again so in the so people have to consider their living choices 
um, what happens when you have a child, how much it's going to cost for nursery. So again, it's that business that you wanted to start, maybe now is the time to start getting it together. Sounds crazy, but when you're on less income, there's other ways that you can make money. Working part-time, having two jobs, um, instead of maybe one full-time job. That's, that's, again, just as tiring, but there's a point of my madness where one of the jobs will be something you really enjoy, your own work, that's going to help keep your stress level down. It's going to make you fitter, it's going to make you lose weight, it's going to make you function properly. Emotionally, though you'll be busy, you'll still be able to manage. And this is how I was able to work with my body. I found out much later on in life because this is something I had to learn. So looking at different ways to work um, so you can lessen that stress because that is the main cause is the, the stress. Um, so these things are really important for you if you want to start family. Um, there's some people that have got really um, terrible fibroids or endometriosis. I know a lot of people that's had babies with both conditions and I know some people who haven't it's really looking at what's out there the information don't put your head um in the clouds don't just look at um surgery some cases surgery needs to happen because the fibroids are just too large and too painful but more in more cases than not when fibroids are removed they're more likely to grow back um, because the condition that created them has not been dealt with. So unless there's a, a, a key health plan in terms of that, then it's not going to get any better. So it's really looking at that. Some people have not had children and they're going for that morning of being without children and fitting themselves in society. Um, developing a practice of self-care is really important for you to really just go through the grieving process and come out at the end it's really important to acknowledge that you are grieving but also I want to say that you're no less of a woman because you don't have children because like I said again mothering does not stop biologically and I didn't couldn't get my head around that before I used to think no way I need to have that belly that beautiful bump and you know to feel that um no, you can still have unconditional love for other human beings. Um, there is fostering, there is adoption. I know a lot of people that do that. Um, but I think the most important thing is the grief. It's actually going through the grief and you're not going to die. Most of you, I don't, I can't speak for everybody because, again, that feeling of grief when you, when you haven't got children, the pain is unbearable, but you come out at the end. But then I've heard stories where some people have just felt really low. They've just not been able to go on. But I think that's, I think is relative to each individual. And I do think that getting support, emotional support, talking about it with somebody will, is invaluable. You're not a freak. You're not an alien. You've, you've gone through a situation. But you never, as long as you're a woman, you never stop mothering on some level. Um... Let me know how you guys um, find this podcast. I really think it's important that this was discussed. I saw an article and I think it was one of the articles. I saw an essence that was actually talking about 
Paul Shanti, Shante, Shanti, singer who's childless and single at 40. That's nothing. Um, and people are saying, what's wrong with her? She's actually, an, she's actually a representative of 40%, maybe 60% of women that age. Think about that. Um, the whole area around dating children, you know, there's a lot of men that are childless, especially black men. So what is happening in our society? I think we need to start on these dialogues instead of rock throwing. I think we need to start making a concerted effort. There's more and more women that are starting businesses. And a lot of them do not have children because, you know, they need to concentrate on their business. So they're hoping that they meet somebody. So they are taking active steps. Um, but I don't think rock you know rock throwing and saying because somebody's faulty that they've, they've missed the game janet jackson let's just think about that janet jackson yes she has money but people buy louis vuitton bags and luggage that cost thousands so there's always going to be somebody that can help some someone um and i've i've got a client that's got a really beautiful fertility story um, and hopefully I can interview her and she can talk about her own um, her own journey through infertility and coming out and having two beautiful children. So I leave you with that blossom of hope, knowing that it, there is a way, it's more the economical, emotional and physical impacts that one has to consider when becoming a mother or having children or choosing not to have children. Marilyn Fontaine, signing off. Um, again, you can support this podcast on my Patreon. Um, and don't forget to sign up or follow me on Facebook, MJ Fontaine UK. Um, I've got my art site on Facebook, Marilyn Fontaine Art as well. Or Instagram, which is MJ Fontaine. Until next week, bye for now.